gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, step right up and peer into the bazaar, the unknown, the just plain weird. For just one nickel, you too can view the Supernatural Symposium. <laughs> everyone and welcome to not the paranormal peep show because that name is uh, no longer allowed to be used but the supernatural symposium and along with me as always is Jaina how are you doing I'm doing wonderful and yourself Tanner I'm good it's uh it's been a hell of a month um, <laughs> I think both of us have been really crazy busy uh, which is why we missed last week and apologies for that um, but we're getting back into the swing of things, back into our uh, recording schedule. And uh, I believe, actually, the last time we talked, um, the name change thing hadn't come up. <laughs> so it was like uh, Paranormal Peep Show was out there. And I did add a, a note in the show notes. But if you didn't read that, um, effectively, we got a cease and desist letter. Oh, <laughs> it told us fun. to stop. Yeah. And uh, the story actually kind of gets a little bit crazier. Uh, so uh, long story short, we were using this name Paranormal Peep Show because I thought it was well, we both thought, thought it was really clever. Um, and if you Google Paranormal Peep Show, we're the ones that pop up uh, number one on SEO, uh, which is really cool. And then I get an email. Jana gets a Facebook message. I get a whole bunch of tweets uh, from uh paranormal uk radio which is this i guess long-standing uh radio network in the uk <laughs> and they're like hey uh we already have a paranormal peep show and we've been recording since 2016 you need to change your name i'll get off I'm like what <laughs> yeah like uh interesting but so fast forward we're talking back and forth we're like i don't know do we change it uh, it's kind of a dick move to not change it. Uh, so we opened up a contest and we obviously didn't talk about it on the podcast at all, but uh, podcast or the, the contest was opened uh, and closed. And the person who uh, picked the name is actually in our Discord server. His name's Adam, our unusual pigeon in Discord, but he came up with the name Supernatural Symposium. I think he's usual was... pigeon. Oh, is it usual? Oh. He's Sorry. just, he's not an unusual pigeon at all. He's just some usual pigeon. Oh, I thought it was unusual pigeon. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I completely typed in unusual. Well, I mean, it's kind of uh, like, you know, usual. why would you put usual? Like, like Adam, you know, thanks. You're a cool dude. But like usual pigeon, that's like putting mediocre monkey. Yeah, right. Like, uh, anyway, sorry. So usual pigeon, not the unusual kind, uh, came up with the name. Uh, so we sent him a bunch of Steam codes uh, for some cool games. So thank you. But then there's another twist in the story, Jaina. And uh, this one I definitely did not see coming. But uh, a few weeks later, I get another email. Uh, and he just replied to the copyright infringement one which I thought was funny. I'm like, okay, great. Now what? Because we like released the episode and we didn't change anything. Uh, and he's like, hey, so we actually took the time to listen to your show. 
and you guys are really good. I'm like, well, gee, thanks. Like you, uh, maybe you could have done that before, but I don't know. Right. <laughs> I digress. And uh, he's like, so uh, we're actually interested in you guys joining Paranormal UK Radio. I'm like, well, uh, huh. And I sent that to you. <laughs> like, well, what do you think? That was an interesting thing to uh, wake up to that day, because I think you had seen it overnight while you were working, and then I take a look, and I'm like, wait, they want us to what now? Weren't they just C&Ding us, like, a week ago? Yeah. They were like, well, the name still needs to change, uh, but we want you guys to join. Um, so we wanted to let you guys know that uh, nothing has been committed to yet. Um, by the time you listen to this episode, we actually have a meeting with them on Wednesday to kind of go over some questions and concerns that we have. Um, but if we get all that hashed out, uh, potentially we'll be joining the people that threaten to sue us. Yeah. So <laughs> I think <laughs> we'll see what happens. But uh, as of right now, nothing has been committed to. Um, I've been pretty transparent in Discord. Uh, again, tiny.cc slash creepy Discord. Um, if you guys want to join in on all the background chat that we have, it was actually pretty active this past month, and uh, we just wanted to thank everybody. And sorry for the name change, uh, but uh, we thought it was the right thing to do. And if I was in their situation, I'd probably feel the same way. Yeah, exactly. You know, we went around about it a little bit, and it's easy to kind of want to puff your chest out and be like, well, you can threaten all you want. You don't actually have any legal recourse to do this to me. But at the same time, you know, like you said, you know, empathizing and thinking about, well, you know, if I was them, what would I want to have happen here? And I, yeah, okay, I can understand that. But I think it's really interesting. You know, the one thing I do want to make really clear is I did have some conversations with some people in our Discord about, like, they were comparing it to, uh, to it being like Wayne's World, you know? So they they wanted to keep it the same, but then it was brought to you by Noah's Arcade and it was like all sold out and everything. And, uh, the, you know, the big thing with us is we just want to like continue doing the show like we're doing it and like continuing to grow. Um, we don't want to like make it into some, you know, homogenized, overly processed thing. We want to have this continue to grow naturally with our audience, with all of you. And that's really first and foremost in our hearts and our minds. So that's going to be our goal when we sit down and speak with them. And if that works out and we're able to bring it to a broader audience, great. If not, our audience that we have right now is most important. Yeah, exactly. And I think we'll be able to just based on preliminary discussions with them, be able to maintain what our show is without quote unquote selling out um but yeah that is the most important thing so but our next we'll do show the right thing. We'll say it's funky it's fresh it's noah's arcade word <laughs> hopefully not <laughs> but we just wanted to keep you guys up to the up or in the loop so when you download this uh episode that you're listening to now uh, the cover art's all the same but the name is all different and now i have to go through and start changing rss feeds and all that fun stuff but anyway uh since we've been so busy i didn't watch any of the movie recommendations that uh, we put out last episode uh i did though watch one um it's called the black phone have you heard black of phone yeah what is this it is based on a short story by stephen king's son joe hill uh, I wouldn't call it a horror movie. Um, it's kind of like this true crime thing with some supernatural elements, but basically like this guy is going around and kidnapping kids and killing them. Um, 
and the main character of the story ends up getting kidnapped and brought into this basement and in the basement there's this black phone on the wall uh, that's been disconnected and the guy's like oh it doesn't work whatever uh, but his intent is to like kill this kid. <clears throat> I need anyway, to know is it like a is it like a like a plastic black house phone type thing or is it like a pay phone? Like what kind of phone is it? It is uh so it's hanging on the wall and it's a rotary phone with like okay. uh, a very long cord attached okay. to it. Uh, but yeah, all the wires and stuff are cut. But so the Couldn't phone. Couldn't imagine rings. this any further until I knew exactly what the phone looked like. <laughs> it's all good. It's a very important part of the movie, so I get it. Uh, but so the kid, the phone ends up ringing, and the guy's like, "Oh, it rings sometimes due to static electricity." And the kid picks it up, and lo and behold, no one's there. Uh, the movie progresses a little bit, and uh, phone rings again. The kid picks it up, and uh, one of the kids who was killed previous to him starts talking to him and saying this is what I did to try and escape and the whole movie is basically all of these kids keep calling this black phone the kids that are already dead and saying hey this is what I did and this living kid is basically piecing all of it together to see how he can escape um, I feel like this would make okay. a really good roguelike uh, video game <laughs> Yeah, it basically was. He's like, well, I tried this and it didn't work. So the kid tries it and he improvises on that plan. And uh, it it was an okay movie. There were aspects of it that I didn't necessarily like. One, it wasn't scary. It was definitely enjoyable. Uh, maybe six or seven out of ten. Um, but there were some things like, why is this guy killing these people? Oh, and then the kid's sister like has these visions and dreams of... Uh, what do you call it when a psychic dreams something and can like see other places? Uh, anyway, but like the kid's a premonition. Do that. Kind of, yeah. Uh, or remote viewing. Okay. Um, so the kid's sister can do that, and there's there's a whole lot of backstory that was kind of left off. I wonder if I haven't read the book, but in the book, if it goes a little bit more into that. But you said a, it was a short story. Uh, ye, uh, like novella. Um, so I think it's like 200 pages, maybe. Oh, so okay. It's like, how do, how do you fit more into a movie than you do a short story? <laughs> fit less into a movie than you do a short story. <laughs> right, yeah. So I kind of want to read it. It's part of like this compilation of, um, of like novellas in this book. But uh, anyway, it, it, was, it was an enjoyable watch if you haven't seen it. Um, it is streaming free on, well, not free, but on Peacock, uh, Peacock Premium. Uh, so if you subscribe to Peacock, you can watch it there. Um, yeah, it was enjoyable. Nice. But what about you? I know you have also been busy and weren't able I to watch listened. any of the recommendations. <laughs> I didn't watch any of the recommendations because I took one for the team, Tanner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Going into our topic this week, with you know, a little bit after the news. I, I watched eight episodes. Five minutes apiece. Some of the cheesiest television I've ever seen in my life. And I can't wait to tell everybody all about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh I I watched clips of the same show and just on YouTube and it's a history channel show. I didn't and... know when I offered to watch it, by the way. Had I known that, I probably wouldn't have offered because I would have known it would have been overly produced and crazy. 
Yeah, and ev all of the YouTube comments are like, why can't the History Channel just be about history? Because mm -hmm. <laughs> like, but they completely went off the rails onto this, uh, I don't know, like aliens in Antarctica buried under the ice, like that kind of crazy fringe thing. This thing featured but, a man named Dragon. Okay, that's all I'm going to say yeah. for now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Ironically. Unironically named Dragon. Like, said without a crack or a smile, like, this is Dragon. Name's Dragon. Let's wait. <laughs> We're just going to skim over that, <laughs> that your name is Dragon. And they but, do. Uh, yeah, they do. Of 100%. Uh, I did, too, watch a documentary um, that I did not enjoy. <laughs> but we'll talk about that later, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's been very busy. And, again, apologies for um, missing... Uh, last week or uh, pushing it a week um and i'll stop apologizing before jana punches me through the internet working on him <laughs> and, working on him folks <laughs> she is but uh anyway um is there anything else existing. you want to talk about before yeah i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> anything else you want to talk about before we get into the news i think we just jump right into the news with both feet my friend all right i will follow you into the ethereal swimming pool and it'll tell me and Louise this yeah <laughs> world's clearest UFO photo of a 100 foot diamond shaped spacecraft has been released after 30 years the photo taken in 1990 by two hikers in Scotland showing an image of a huge diamond shaped object in the sky and has been dubbed the world's best UFO photo. We're going to have pictures of this in our Discord at uh, tiny.cc slash creepy discord. A fascinating UFO photo that was taken by these hikers 30 years ago has finally been uncovered. They thought it was lost for a long time. It's the so-called Calvine photograph and it appears to show a massive diamond object in the sky. It looks like kind of a hairier jet in the distance also. <laughs> Mm -hmm. described it, like I said, as the world's best UFO image. The photo, along with five more, were snapped on August 4th, 1990 by these hikers, about 35 miles northwest of Perth in Scotland. So they were handed over to Scotland's Daily Record newspaper, and they gave them to the Ministry of Defense. And for some unknown reason, the story was never published, and nothing more was heard from the Ministry of Defense on this. So the images were basically lost for this time. They, they, the hikers didn't have them. They had given them to the newspaper. The newspaper didn't have them. Uh, so then this gentleman by the name of Dr. Clark, who worked as a curator for the Ministry of Defense UFO Files Project at the National Archives, and was an associate professor from Sheffield Hallam University. He managed to find this photo after contacting former uh, Royal Air Force press officer Craig Lindsay. So basically this man was told this story about these hikers and he took it upon himself to start trying to flag down where this photo was in the archives of the Ministry of Defense. And now after 32 years in an intensive investigation, people are finally able to view this thing and this is this is wild it it actually doesn't even look real um but at the same time it it looks like it is um i mean just like they say it's this giant diamond shaped thing but the crazy thing about it is it looks industrialized like like the jet does 
Um, so what do I mean by that? Like you can see the the lines in the sheet metal almost where it's brought together and you can almost see like what looks like rivets going down the side. Um, so like looking at this, conceivably, you could see that it was something that was man-made. But when you look at the shape of the thing, there's no way that that would be, uh, you know, that that would fly. There's there's no engines. There's no wings. It it defies everything that we know about conventional air travel. It looks like a, a blimp almost it does that's a good point and maybe that is maybe it's um some sort of rigid blimp being tested here one thing that they don't talk about is uh how fast this thing was supposedly going it was never confirmed uh nope so yeah it doesn't actually say in this story how fast the thing was seen um yeah it's 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 really cool that we're seeing some of these things come out uh Next up in the news, we're going to keep moving things along with uh, with aliens because there's just so much of it coming out right now. It's it's amazing. A Harvard professor believes alien tech may have crashed into the Pacific Ocean, and he wants to find it. This is coming from ABC 10 Boston. Uh, the Harvard University professor believes that the crash happened in the Pacific Ocean in 2014. It may be made of a material that one would expect to be in their favorite sci-fi shows. Uh, the longest serving chair of the Harvard University's Department of Astronomy, Avi Loeb, is convinced that this object may be alien technology or a meteorite of unprecedented material strength. None of this is possible to confirm without physically studying the object that fell to Earth. So first of all, let's confirm. Yes, something fell to the Earth. This man is positing that it is either an alien spacecraft or some sort of material that we have yet to, to learn about. This will be the first time that humans put their hands on a material like this that makes an object uh, it makes an object that came from another star. So none of it is possible to confirm, like I said, without touching it. But the data is now confirming the object is of interstellar origin. So because it came from a different solar system, uh, it's it made of different things than we find around here. Uh, so this gentleman is saying, well, if there's all of this love about UFOs right now. Maybe we say it's a UFO and we get it out of the out of the water that way. But but either way, Loeb is attempting to raise this object from the Pacific Ocean, and it could either be a great sci-fi story. Or at the very least, a pretty great discovery for science. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, finding, like, a lot of these meteors that crash down are, like, made of crazy metals. Uh, like, you can buy rings and stuff made out of meteorites. But if it is something else other than that, I'd be interested to see. And why is it always Harvard professors? Because <laughs> wasn't that aerial phenomenon movie, like, that was also a Harvard guy? Or am I conflating that with something else? I think you're right. I'm not 100% on that. Yeah, there was one guy who basically threw his career away <laughs> because he was like so adamant about it. That's um, wild. Yeah, I think he, I think he came from Harvard too. So this guy, he actually doesn't even know exactly where it landed. Uh, they do have evidence that says that you know his, his findings are valid, um, but he's kind of basically on a fishing expedition, literally speaking, as he likes to say, uh, because what they're doing is basically taking the tra- trajectory of what fell to Earth and extrapolating it all the way to the ocean's surface. So you know, not only do you have to take into account the angle and the speed at which it fell into fell to Earth and crashed into the Pacific Ocean. But then you have to think about how the water is going to affect it and where it's going to fall. So they're, uh, they're narrowing down the location, but he's still pretty confident that they're going to be able to physically retrieve it. That's crazy. You know, 
Science is awesome. It is. <laughs> Unless it's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say that uh, finally here this week, NASA has released an audio clip of a black hole, and it is pretty spooky. Um, I can go ahead and play this here. Uh, so basically what happened here is NASA shared the spooky sounds of a black hole emitting waves of pressure rippling through galaxies. Uh, the ghostly sounds moan and wail were pitched up 57 octaves so that humans could hear them. So this isn't something that you'd be able to hear if you could survive the vacuum of space necessarily. Um, but basically what they're taking here is the the waves that are being produced by this black hole and and amplifying them in a way that it is actually uh you're able to hear it in space uh there is a misconception they say that there's no sound in space uh it originates because most of it's a vacuum uh there's no way for sound waves to travel but the galaxy cluster has so much gas in it that they've been able to pick up some actual sound yeah that's wild i heard this and it, it is very creepy <laughs> Sounds like the thing that came to Earth in Star Trek uh, for the voyage home where they were going after the whales. Yeah. yeah. So there it is. The first sounds of a black hole released by NASA. It is uh, 57 octaves below middle C. So you musicians think about how low that actually is. And they had to raise them 144 quadrillion and then 288 quadrillion times their original frequencies in order to be perceptible to the human ear. It almost sounds like music. It does. It's really very, weird. <laughs> it is very bizarre. Uh, it's very cool, though. Like, I don't know what's going on in the center of those black holes. And then more James Webb Space Telescope pictures coming out. Uh, yeah, now is a very exciting time if you're a space enthusiast. 100%, my friend. And with that, move on to our topic of the week, shall we? Oh, yes. So, topic for this week, uh, we alluded to last time. Uh, we were going to talk about the Skinwalker Ranch uh, out in Utah. Uh, so we kind of broke this up. Uh, I took a portion of it and Jana took a portion of it. Um, we both watched a, I don't even want to use the term documentary, but we watched <laughs> a, a, a movie and a TV show. Some of us uh, watched a documentary. Some of us noped out 30 minutes into our documentary. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I'm I salty up... about watching an entire season of this crap. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did end up finishing uh that other documentary but man it was painful yeah. um but, but yeah we uh we learned a little bit about skinwalkers now growing up in arizona uh, in the southwest i've always kind of heard about them uh as a kid because arizona is very stoked in uh, native american culture uh, and my my grandmother is very into uh like native american things and items and stories and stuff like that so i actually grew up knowing about them and kind of what they were uh i was so actually I, really unaware that like anakin and luke and like all of these people like were rooted in navajo's like legend i thought that was just something that george lucas came up with <laughs> yeah 
uh, werewolves. Oh. It's kind of where the, the story of werewolves came from. Skinwalker, um, not Skywalker. For the longest time, right. I actually thought it was Skywalker Ranch, and then I realized like that's industrial light magic. So anyway, I digress. What is a Skinwalker? <laughs> yeah, so uh, there actually is a Skywalker Ranch, though, too. Uh, you can go to, but that's that's a different thing. Uh, there you find Chewbacca and Ewoks as opposed to terrifying witches. Um, but yeah, so in Navajo culture, a skinwalker is a type of witch who has been or has the ability to turn into or possess or disguise themselves as an animal. Uh, the witch is called, and I may butcher this name and I apologize, uh, Yi Naldlushi by the Navajo, which translates to with it, he goes on all fours. I, I want to just one of, you know, one thing yeah. really quick. This is a type of harmful witch. It's it's never used yes. for a healer. It's never used for a white witch. Uh, it is it is a harmful witch. And I, I just want to point out that there's there's a difference. Thank you. Yes, I'll get off is. my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's just one of several types of Navajo witches and is c considered to be the most volatile and dangerous. For the Navajo people, witchcraft is just another way or another part of their spirituality and one of the ways of their lives. As such, witchcraft has long been a part of their culture, history, and traditions. Witches exist alongside humans and are not supernaturals. The Navajo believe that there are places where powers of both good and evil are present and that those powers can be harnessed for either. For example, medicine men utilize these powers to heal and aid members of their communities, similar to the white witch that uh, Jaina was just talking about. While those who practice Navajo witchcraft seek to direct spiritual forces to cause harm or misfortune to others. This type of Navajo witchcraft is known as the witchery way, which uses human corpses in various ways, such as tools from their bones and concoctions that are used to harm, kill, uh, or kill their victims. So knowledge of this witchcraft is passed down from elders throughout their generations um and the navajo in general are part of large a large cultural area uh kind of here in the southwest that consists of the pueblo people apache hopi and ute um, which is where skinwalker ranches but all of these groups have their own version of the skinwalker however each of them include a malevolent witch capable of transforming itself into an animal um, sometimes these witches evolved from living their lives as respected healers or spiritual guides who later to choose, who later choose to use their powers for evil. Though they can be either male or female, they are more often male. They walk freely among the tribe during the day and then secretly transform under the cover of night. In order to become a skinwalker, he or she must be initiated by a secret society that requires the evilest of deeds the killing of a close family member, most often a sibling. After the task has been complete, the individual then acquires supernatural powers, which gives them the ability to shapeshift into animals. Most often they are seen in the forms of coyotes, wolves, foxes, cougars, dogs, bears, but they can really turn into any kind of animal. Then they wear the skin of the animal that they transform into, hence the name Skinwalker. Sometimes they also wore animal skulls or antlers on their heads, which allegedly brings them more power. They choose which animal they want to turn into depending on the abilities that they need for the specific task, like speed, strength, endurance, stealth, claws, teeth, uh, and all of the above. They may transform again if trying to escape from pursuers. Because of all this, 
The Navajo consider it taboo for its members to wear the pelt of any predatory animal. However, sheepskin, leather, and buckskin are acceptable, which I never really thought about. Uh, because you see like Native American portrayed in movies or uh, here it, like festivals and stuff, you can see them like dressed in their regalia and they're never wearing a predatory animal skin. Uh, and I never kind of put two and two together, but it's fairly interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, I was unaware of that. The skinwalkers are also able to take possession of bodies of human victims if a person locks eyes with them. After taking control, the witch can make its victim do and say things that they otherwise wouldn't. Once they were shapeshifted, one way that others could tell that they were not a real animal is that their eyes are very different from those of that specific animal. Instead, their eyes remain human, and when light is shine on, shined at them, they turn bright red. However, when they're in an human form, their eyes look more like animals. So this kind of ties into the Skinwalker Ranch because they believe um, back in the 1800s, there was actually this Navajo witch purge, uh, which initially evolved from cultural response to so many people moving onto their lands and they ended up killing a whole bunch of people who were allegedly witches. It's kind of like the Salem witch trials. Um, but they believe that during this witch purge, uh, the land that where Skinwalker Ranch is was uh, cursed. Um, and crops in this area began to fail. Uh, there was bad water, illness, and death. Um, and yeah, it was kind of this crazy thing that happened um but yeah that's kind of like the backstory of what a skinwalker is it's a, a navajo witch and turn into an animal and it ties into the area that it's in because skinwalker ranch is in this ute region of utah uh, which is navajo territory um but yeah that's what I got for for the background on skinwalkers. Yeah, so like you mentioned, uh, really the 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 crazy and the 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 famousness of the Skinwalker Ranch. Then uh, it's a ranch that's about uh, it's around 500 acres or so in southeast Utah, uh, and it is kind of the paranormal hotspot, if you will, uh, the paranormal hotspot de jour of the American Southwest. Um, it's quickly taken over from, uh, I would say, Area 51 as the destination to go to when you're on the cruise for a paranormal thrill seek. Uh, the ranch itself is, uh, well, it was popular. Ranch itself, there we go. Uh, really started becoming famous in the 70s, uh, but the biggest claims about the ranch appeared in 1996 in Salt Lake City in the desert. Uh, Zerit News? It's a weird name. Zerit, we'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> and then later, the alternative weekly Las Vegas Mercury. So if you're a listener of uh, Coast to Coast AM, like I am, uh, really, that's kind of what uh, was the the impetus for, for me wanting to do some kind of talk paranormal thing. Uh, George Knapp, who is one of the uh, guest hosts when George Norrie or Art Bell wasn't on there, uh, he co-published a, a book with Calm Keller uh, in 2005 uh, about uh, Skinwalker Ranch. 
And they proceeded to go in and do the documentary and everything. But it was one of these things where when it was the first uh, first time that some of the these stories were really released about Skinwalker Ranch. And they were uh, positing stories of UFOs, Bigfoot-like creatures, which may have been the Skinwalkers you were talking about. There were crop circles, glowing orbs, poltergeist activities. All of these things were reported by the former owners of Terry and Gwen Sherman, who were just a couple of they were a family trying to ranch out here. So many crazy phenomenon happened at the Skinwalker Ranch and started to become famous that in 1996, it did go up for sale and it was purchased. So this gives you an idea of how how uh, infamous this ranch started to become because it was purchased by American businessman Robert Bigelow, uh, of course, of Bigelow Aerospace. Um, so this is like a guy who's, you know, he's not just some like dude who wants to buy a ranch property it's interesting that a man that owns an aerospace company want and bought, wanted to buy this ranch because of what the scientific discoveries were that maybe he could ha- uh, lead with it mm-hmm. so the the ranch itself has kind of been dubbed the UFO ranch over the years because of the odd things that take place there uh, Keller and Knapp saw a bunch of strange things and they reported it. And I believe they were the ones that were the focus of the documentary that you watched. Wasn't that the case, Tanner? Yeah, uh, Mr. Knapp was kind of in there telling his side of the story. And it revolves around kind of the book that he had wrote, um, The Hunt for the Skinwalker, I believe is what it's called. Mm-hmm. I started to read that book and I had wasn't able to finish it before the episode. But uh, yeah, it was kind of focusing on him and the experiences that they had witnessed uh, while they were there. So so with that, uh, you know, one of the biggest things that's been talked about on this ranch is is cattle mutilations. Um, and yeah. that is where the the secret of Skinwalker Ranch, uh, the the docu series that is on the History Channel, as you said uh, earlier, and had I known was on the History Channel, I wouldn't have watched. Um, I love you, History Channel. <laughs> Um, but that is that's the opening scene of this of this series. The the first shot is all of these people gathering around a, a mutilated uh, well dead cow basically. It's not even actually fully mutilated. And we'll get into that a little bit later on when I start talking about that show a little more. Um, but it's really a good hook that grabs you in and says, hey, maybe you're familiar with this. Um, some of the other things that have been witnessed there, though, uh, and I don't want to just focus on the UFO-like activity. That is definitely what Secret of Skinwalker Ranch uh, d- more or less digs into. One of the things that's really fascinated me, though, is always like the the poltergeist-type activity, the the evil, uh, malviolence uh, forces that seem to show up there. Um, there were instances where they had to, you know, they would see these giant animals with these red glowing eyes. And this was Terry and Gwen Sherman, the, the owners uh, from 1994 to 96 before Robert Bigelow bought it. Um, and just these crazy things where they had these huge locks and, and iron shackles on doors to keep them closed. And, and they, when, when Bigelow was bringing this team in there to purchase this, I, I think maybe they talked about it in that show um, because they were, they were by the time the show watched the, the show came on that I watched, they had already renovated all of this property, but, but it was to keep out some of these evil forces that they said they saw and they just felt this immense, uh, this, this darkness from. They, they were terrified just by the sheer fact that they were there. Mm-hmm. 
grabbing a drink. So then we get into the secret of Skinwalker Ranch. And and really where Skinwalker Ranch is becoming mostly popularized now is through its various reports of different kinds of energy phenomenon. Uh, energy phenomenon can be classified as, you know, maybe seeing lights, seeing ghost lights, seeing orbs. Uh, not necessarily just lights can also be uh, things that show up on full range spectrographs or EMF detectors. Um, or it can also be uh, portals, uh, that type of fringe science that's often talked about in relation to these things. Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch talks about all of them. Uh, the one thing I will highly recommend is if somebody does want to go ahead and watch this show, it is on Netflix season one. Uh, just do yourself a favor and just skip right ahead to episode eight. Um, because <laughs> okay. it basically just recaps the entire show. So what happens with this show now is there's somebody else uh, who owns this property. Uh, his name is Brandon Fugel, uh, and he's an entrepreneur. He's a hedge fund manager. He uh, comes across as the type of gentleman who just has too much money. He's like, I'm going to buy this because it's cool, and then I'm going to do this research on it. Like, it, it doesn't seem like he has the same scientific mind that maybe a Robert Bigelow had. Um, mm -hmm. He also, like, uh, owns a company called Adamantium Real Estate, so he's kind of a geek, so we'll give it to him, you know. But uh, the, the series itself follows astrophysicist Travis Taylor, who is uh, an astrophysicist from the University of Alabama. Uh, and he's coming into this with all of these ins uh, all of these investigators and people who run the ranch uh, on behalf of Brandon Frugal. Frugal. And he's kind of getting caught up to speed. So we have uh, Eric Bard. He's been the main investigator on this ranch for some time. Jim Morse, he's the ranch manager. We see other scientists come in like Jim Segala, the best man in this entire thing. And I am going to post his picture in our Discord because the look on his face right here where he's mean mugging is like the look that is on his face the entire flipping time. And yes, his name is Dragon. <laughs> Bryant, Bryant Dragon, Dragon Arnold, Arnold. <laughs> I dig it and, and he's just he's always got that look on his face and it's funny because you tell he's got a chip on his shoulder too because he actually starts cussing out he's like oh what because I don't got a PhD my opinion don't matter oh, oh <laughs> there's plenty of that in this when you start to finally dig through it though it's 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 not great, but it does pose some interesting theories. One of the strange things that does uh, happen on this show, as long as we're talking about the cast of characters, Thomas Winterton, uh, he is the ranch superintendent. And something really interesting happens to him a little ways through. Um, so we talked about energy phenomenon. Uh, what happened with him some years ago before this, this uh, show takes place is he was out on the ranch and they were doing some digging. And one of the things that they say vehemently is there is to be no digging because when you disturb the ground mm -hmm. on Skinwalker Ranch, that's when bad things start to happen. Right. And and Travis Taylor, the astrophysicist, like he he gets there and he wants to start taking soil samples. And then he's told, well, you can't dig. And he's looking at them like, I thought we were here to do science. You're telling me I can't dig, excuse me? One of the reasons that they give for not wanting him to dig, though, is, like I said, Thomas Winterton, when he came on as the ranch superintendent, uh, he was doing some digging, putting in some gates, and all of a sudden he felt like this really like pain on the, the back of his head, and he started to have like this big swollen goose egg, as he called it, uh, and then it actually shows where this, this 
his, his scalp basically swelled and separated from his skull. Um, and there's just like this pocket of fluid and they never were able to determine why um, other than Jeez. he was in the hospital for like a week. Um, that was really interesting. But then we start going into further episodes along the path here and they start do talking about uh, different types of radiation. Uh, Travis is exposed to a high blast of gamma radiation. And unfortunately, the last time that somebody was exposed to gamma radiation in the middle of the desert, it became the Incredible Hulk. Travis just yeah. had a couple uh, radiation burns, but he did go into the doctor because he had these red bumps showing up on him after this. And they said, oh yeah, that's, that's from radiation. Um, so wow. one of the theories that goes into this is um, when they were testing the nuclear bombs in Nevada in the 40s um, they the fallout basically in the sand that was kicked up flew over into Utah and maybe was buried in some of these caverns and everything and now when it's being when the earth is being disturbed it's kicking up this radio radioactive fallout that's been buried for years hmm so where that becomes even more interesting is they find this shape. They're conducting ultrasound scans of the ground beneath Skinwalker Ranch. And there's this giant uh, teardrop shape. It, it, I mean, they, they play it off like it's supposed to be a UFO under the ground. One of the things that they, they say is that they do dig into it and realize that it's not uh, any kind of uh, man-made or alien-made craft. It's just this strange formation of, of dirt and the, the geography is really strange here. And the, the uh, geological makeup of the ground is very interesting because it's almost like a, like a, a focus lens. Um, so what they're saying is because of the bowl of the the valley where Skinwalker Ranch is and the focusing of this uh, this material underneath the ground, uh, it basically creates the perfect way for energies from space or from from the ground to be focused back up into these uh, straight up lasers. Um, so what furthers this, is I mentioned Thomas Winterton who had this big goose egg and then it it expanded out and and also let's not keep in let's not forget that you know if you're exposed to high doses of radiation um hallucinations are certainly feasible right mm -hmm. so maybe a lot of this other phenomenon is caused by that but but Thomas he starts to have the same thing happen again when they're digging on the ranch around the same time that Travis starts getting all these bumps um What's interesting is then Jim Segala, the other scientist, says, oh, that's that's synonymous with what would have happened if a high concentration of radiation were focused on that spot on his head. Interesting. It's that's where it gets interesting, where it gets wonky is remember I mentioned the cattle mutilation that they opened the first episode with. Right. So they come back to this at the end of the last episode and uh, there's there's a dead cow and they realize okay this this cow has uh, let me let me talk about the 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 interesting part first cow separated from the herd it uh, stood up and then it just kind of died and rolled over um, when they viewed the video footage of what happened there was something in the sky over it when that happened they're not sure how big it was because they're not able to say like how close it was but it does look like a UFO in the sky and then this cow stands up and as soon as the UFO is above it it just drops to the ground yeah I did see that clip uh, in my viewing and they were like yeah the cow was fine this morning and then it just died mm -hmm. uh, there were a bunch of other clips too that I saw were like 
they'd be standing out there doing doing their testing or whatever and then the cows would just freak out and start mooing and running around and running away and then when they go back and view the video there'd be some object in the sky so it's like the cows can sense what was going on right it's very bizarre and, and maybe they're like no don't mutilate me i'm so stressed out <laughs> yeah like they actually not bessie <laughs> they actually bring a, a cow forensics expert onto the ranch then to take a look at this cow that's that's keeled over and what he says is apparently uh i was unaware of this but apparently bovine can get what's called a stress-induced pneumonia um, and huh. he says that's what happened. Like this, this animal died of a, a pneumonia, most likely induced by stress. Um, so then <laughs> they have Linda Moulton Howe come on the ranch. And if you're not familiar with her, she is probably uh, one of the world's foremost experts on. Cadley wrote the book on the topic. Um, he comes out to the ranch and they're just like, yeah, like you were talking about Tanner, those clips. But yeah, the cat was fine this morning and then it just died. And like, they're not talking about the pneumonia or what happened there. They're just like dancing over that and pretending like, oh, no, it was just this magical phenomenon that caused the cow to die. And like the, 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 the forensic scientist told you exactly what happened. Why are you forgetting this? Right. That's when they started that's to lose me. The history channel <laughs> spinning, hyping things up. Right. So overall, though, uh, you know, we go from the Skinwalker Ranch being this very um, mythological, uh, magical type place because of the the spirits and the traditions of the Navajo and these 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 dark witches uh, that are part of this legend, uh, all the way up to a scientific understanding of possible radioactive particulates just being buried on the ranch and the ranch itself lying in a valley that is geographically predispositioned to focus out this energy in a very natural way. It's lovely what yeah, science can do for us. It is. There's another clip that I saw, and again, taking it with a grain of salt, but they have like security cameras all over the place in this, like just observing different buildings or whatever that are on the ranch. and. In one of the rooms, it was like, oh my god, look at this. And, like, this fireball just, like, appears out of nowhere. Um, they had another clip I saw. I think it was, like, a, a, a rabbi came out and started reading uh, this prayer to open portals or something. And uh, they have, like, these thermal imaging cameras set up um, because they think that when a portal opens up, the temperature would change. And you would weirdly see, like, these cold spots of air or whatever, like, flying around the screen. And they're like, well, it can't be anything alive because, you know, that generate heat, not coldness. So it's definitely interesting. And I think there's some stuff there that uh, isn't explainable yet. Um, but yeah, this radiation thing makes sense. Uh, I'm not sure the the full extent of, I mean, working around radiation every day of my life, uh, the full extent of, like, hallucinatory um, properties of radiation, but the burns make sense and, like, all these weird phenomenon happen, happening and messing with equipment. Uh, electronics are very susceptible to radiation, uh, which can make sense if you're, like, computer fails which i saw in one of the documentaries they were like they have this giant uap truck that's like the whole purpose of it is to detect uaps 
and they like launch these rockets into the sky to try and provoke UAPs to show up. And as soon as they send it up, the, all their computers crash and they're like, oh, look, but I see it in the sky. They're like, well, we can't record it because our equipment just died. Like, uh, it's very interesting. Radiation can definitely impact that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I you would know better than I would. That's for darn sure. I was totally just making things up, frankly, when I said that it could be hallucinations. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe. But, uh, yeah, definitely, like, the skin burns and everything. I mean, you think back to, like, Chernobyl, uh, the horrible nuclear disaster that occurred there. Like, the people that their job was to go in, basically, to kill themselves to, you know, help prevent the disaster from getting worse and they came out completely mutilated just by all these radiation burns like stuff's nasty uh and it, and it can kill you very quickly um or in an agonizing way but uh i didn't think about like the nuclear fallout from some of these tests that had gone on and kind of drifted uh over that way um it is very interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. When I first heard about the Skinwalker uh, many, many, many years ago, Skinwalker Ranch, let me let me clarify. Um, you know, I heard the stories uh, from the Shermans when they, uh, not from the Shermans, I don't know the Shermans, but, you know, the stories that the Shermans shared um, of their time with the family living on the ranch. Um, and they terrified me. Uh, they were they were just absolutely some of the most like you you thought that you just found the most evil place on the planet to listen to these stories. Um, mm -hmm. And I'll admit the 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 materials that I consumed um, to get ready for this episode um, certainly took it from the realm of the terrifying and placed it into the realm of scientific plausibility with a little bit of a circus sideshow so i kind of don't have that reference i'm wondering if maybe one of these days far down the road maybe we'll come back to skinwalker ranch but talk more about the uh, shermans a little bit yeah one of the the first stories that the book that i'm reading uh the hump for the skinwalker opens up with is uh the gorman family who moves on to the ranch and uh say that they're like out doing stuff and there's like this giant dire wolf almost uh like eating a baby cow <laughs> or like has has the cow in its mouth and they like bring out this 44 magnum and shoot it four times it doesn't do anything mm -hmm. so then they get a 30-06 which is like a giant rifle and shoot it again multiple times and it doesn't do anything and uh they like then the wolf just runs away, which um, kind of leads back to the actual legend of the the skinwalker itself, and that skinwalkers are notoriously hard to kill, um, and any attempts made are usually unsuccessful. And trying to kill one would result in the skinwalker trying to to seek revenge. Um, in order to kill a skinwalker, uh, you need a powerful shaman who knows spells and rituals that can turn the skinwalker's evil back onto itself. Um, or, uh, which is probably where they failed here, you can shoot the creature with bullets that have been dipped into white ash. However, you must shoot the witch in the head or in the neck. Uh, so that's where they failed. They didn't dip their bullets into white ash. That's just practical advice. Day. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? <laughs> But uh, 
you know, this whole Skinwalker thing is very interesting. I think it'd be fun to go up there. I don't know if they let people. Uh, I know they try and, I mean, it's probably easily found on a Google search, but they try not to publicize very often, at least in these shows, where this place is. I, I just do all these crazy things that go on. The funny thing with it now is I'm looking at some of the modern pictures of it and the, the gentleman, you know, I was saying he's kind of like a big geek. Like there's this big iron gate and it's like a, uh, a biohazard symbol with an alien head in the middle. You're such yeah, a nerd, dude. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I should uh, know we can smell our own. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the biohazard symbol, that's the... Uh, I mean, I work around it every day. It's like when you show the radiation symbol. Uh, kind of looks similar to that. It's like very dangerous, but yeah, that's that is very nerdy. They actually had that on all of the. Um, I didn't see the alien face in it, but they had like the biohazard thing on all of the wallpapers for all of the official computers and everything that they were using in this show too. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's funny. And Dragon knows what he likes. <laughs> I mean, looking at his face, though, I don't know that he likes a whole lot. <laughs> just scowls at you all the time. Likes mean mugging. That's what he likes. Yeah, my name's Dragon. But, uh, yeah, no, this was, it was a fun episode. Um, it's a very interesting place. I would like to come revisit this topic, uh, maybe from a different angle at some point in the future for sure yeah, absolutely and maybe I'll, I'll come come at it a little bit with a little bit more of the reverence that i once had and less of the jaded after i watched this so here's the worst thing with this history channel documentary i have to say by the way tanner i really want to go watch the other two seasons <laughs> i feel like i have to yeah i feel like i have to watch them and report back yeah i think you should uh it's homework uh obviously easy for you to say uh, not not immediately. <laughs> Not immediately. You you need to watch. Uh, oh, what was the movie I told you? Was it Dark Sky? Dark Skies. Yes. The alien movie. Uh, yeah, that one will freak you out. Now that I know what what gets under your skin, uh, Dark Skies, I think will freak you out. That's on my to watch. I'm kind of like scared. <laughs> it's so good. It's my of all the alien horror movies. It's one of my favorites. Um, the other one that you wanted me to watch was Hereditary, so I also have that one queued up. Yeah, yeah, that one's really good too, man. I and October's coming up, uh, which means it's, it's, uh, it's horror movie season. Actually, the last Halloween movie will be coming out here fairly soon. Pretty excited about that. Some Jamie Lee Curtis action. I still think we should do like a watch along of something during October. We're gonna have to figure that out with your crazy schedule. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I will be free every Saturday and Sunday. We'll have to find, uh, have to find maybe, maybe a couple weekends during October. We can all in Discord, tiny.cc/creepydiscord. We can all jump in here and watch a horror movie together. I think that'd be a whole lot of fun. Absolutely, horror movies are fun to watch with people. Maybe, maybe I'll even uh, just pull in everybody and we'll watch the WNUF Halloween special one of these nights. <laughs> <laughs> That's like one of my low-key uh, favorite Halloween things ever. And then the new Halloween Town movie. Or no, not Halloween Town. Oh, I love Halloween Town. That's that's a really good movie. What's the one with the, the three witches? Oh, Hocus uh, Pocus. Hocus Pocus. Yeah, that's coming out too pretty soon. That's... We have to watch that. That's another good 
another good one. But uh, it's gonna be anyway, our time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we had a had a good time uh, talking about Skinwalkers. Uh, much less creepy and uh, cursy than a few previous episodes that we've done. But uh, yeah, that's right. Um, as of right now, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Creepy Peep Show. Um, may or may not change that in the future. Not too sure. Um, but right now, it's still at Creepy Peep Show for both. Our website is at www.ramblingnerd.com. If you'd like to shoot us an email, it's podcast at ramblingnerd.com. Please don't send me another cease and desist letter if you have <laughs> Supernatural Symposium as a podcast title because we looked. Uh, and We actually uh, used and Google this time, people. That's that's right. We actually... Before we ruined the other show's SEO. That's right. Uh, completely. Yeah, I think that's part of the reason that they got angry. But anyway, See? I digress. Uh, <laughs> uh, like we said, uh, you can find us on Discord at tiny.cc slash creepy Discord. More and more people are joining every week, and we do appreciate it. Lots of good discussions that are happening on in here. And it's not just about uh, the supernatural or anything like that. Uh, we do have a D&D channel in here that is very quiet, and I'm sad. I do like talking about D&D. So please come in here and talk to me about D&D. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Tweeted Tanner. And Jaina, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at Jaina.pride with a Y. Come on, give me a follow and take a look at all of the photos of me refing professional wrestling this weekend. Oh, that'll be so much fun. Uh don't get hit with the chair or whatever else happens at Professor Ross. Listen, I, really about all, I know. all I know is I need to count to three and I'm going to call it down the middle. And if they hit me with the chair, then I'm going to lay there for a good solid 34 minutes. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> crowd will love that. <laughs> like they killed her. Good old ref bump. <laughs> That's right. But uh, anyway, thanks guys again uh, for sticking with us and through this name change uh, debacle. I know... Uh, a lot of you were very passionate about uh, us doing this to begin with. Um, so thank you for the, the passion. Uh, really do appreciate it. And uh, we'll keep you guys apprised of what goes forward with uh, the Paranormal UK radio station stuff. Um, be very transparent with everyone to let you guys know where uh, you can find more info about that or what's going on. But uh, as of right now and we will not move forward if we cannot continue to distribute the way that we do. So I will maintain that. Um, but anyway, that is all I have. Is anything else before we before we sign off? I just want to thank everybody for their patience while we had the hiccup in release. And next time, I'm going to come to the table with something as a bit of a surprise. I'm not even going to tell Tanner. Oh, man. I, <laughs> now I'm really excited because... <laughs> Every time we're like, we're going to talk about this next time. I'm like, ooh, what's that? And then, you know, sometimes curiosity gets the cat. And, but uh, this will be fun. This will be great. I'm a not going to say a episode. word to you about it. <laughs> That's super cool. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks again. And until next time, uh, stay spooky or supernatural. And thanks for joining the symposium. We'll have to come up with a new. Uh, <laughs> Nailed, <laughs> a new it. Nailed it. Nailed <laughs> it.